Welcome to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames. This podcast is designed to help you live a faithful and fruitful life where Jesus has called you. My name is Mark Vance. I'm the lead pastor at Cornerstone Church. I am joined today by the great Solomon Rexius, the director of Salt Company Ames. Howdy, Solomon. Welcome. Hey, yeah. Glad to be here. So I've got a lot that we want to cover today. Really, we want to focus on what it means to have a quiet heart in an anxious time. But I want to start out and talk to you a little bit about Salt Company. We recently are headed into this season of unprecedented unknowns with the spread of the coronavirus, and there are college and university campuses all across America shutting down right now. Obviously, we are a church that loves university students, and we love Salt Company. What does this have to do with the future of Salt Company? Like, Talk to me a little bit about the state of Salt Company right now. Yeah, I think the place I'm starting personally is to appropriately mourn with those who mourn. I'm thinking especially of seniors. Oh, but, I mean, it's happening in high school too, but in college especially. It's, they didn't know it, but last week was their last class ever. So I think it's a good time for us to pause and mourn. Obviously, there's there's a lot of crazy stuff happening, but that's a real time of mourning too for people who are watching their lives change way faster than they thought it was going yep, to, didn't absolutely. have appropriate closure. So that's one thing that we're thinking about. The other thing I've been thinking through this, it's an old quote by a guy named Thomas Watson. He says, a mature Christian is a spy because a gracious heart spies out mercy in every condition. And so I think it's a good time for us also to, yes, mourn and also search out mercy. Find the beauty in this and think what what needs to change about our lifestyles, about the way we do ministry, the way we reach students, just how important it is to actually reach people with the gospel. And so I'm trying to live that out. I'm trying to spy out mercy in this really hard condition. And that's kind of where we're at Salt Company. And classes are... Uh, going online. They're not canceled. And that's the pattern we're trying to follow too. We're not really canceling anything. In fact, almost everything is not canceled. What we are doing is transitioning just about everything into virtual uh, virtual ways of communication. So that's kind of where Salt Company is at right now. So if people want to tune into Salt Company online inside this time frame, where do they go? Like what, what are the web presences that they need to be able to get to? Yeah, right now there's going to be we're going to release our normal Salt Company. It's going to look a little different, but Salt Company Online Episode 1 will happen at Thursday at 8, just like it always does. You can find it on Facebook, and you can also find it at saltcompany.com slash live. It'll be happening at both of those places. So that's where we'll be a part of. Um, there's That's not the only thing we do. All the other things we're doing are kind of... I won't get into those now, but our main thing, the Salt Company Gathering, will still happen just virtually. And I'm assuming as well it all podcasts out, everything like that. So if you go to Apple iTunes, search Salt Company. Is it Salt Company Ames? What's the keyword way for them to get to you? For the podcast, I think we are just Salt Company. Okay. <laughs> I think yep. a lot of the other Salt Companies attach their school or Got city it. to it. I think ours is just the Salt Company. So we're all going to be praying Salt. I mean... It's it's a crazy time. I was just driving through Ames um, last night thinking, wow, my town is gone. Like, I talked to Joel Vant, Vint, Joel Vant, Joel Vant. I have a Texan twang when I host podcasts, so I don't know if you knew that. Um, but Joel Vint, who's out in Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, and he said he was looking down the main street of his town and just had this sense of kind of mourning because this yeah. beautiful thing that should be full of students right now is out and it just causes me to pray, causes me to ask God for grace and 
I'm even that that spying mercy. I'm praying for a softening of hearts right now. Chris Cook mentioned this to me. He said, "I think God is softening the soil of people's hearts." And like, if you had to choose when you're doing ministry to people, do I want to have like a powerful tool to like dig into the hard ground, or would I rather have a soft heart for the gospel seed to go into? I would choose soft heart over mega ministry anytime. And so my prayer is that God's actually softening the soil of hearts all across university campuses all across America. And I'm yeah. praying for a fruit gospel fruit for that for salt company soon. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. So I want to transition this because there have to be university students that you're interacting with salt company, your staff team that is just burdened with anxiety in this time of coronavirus. I mean, there, where you just cannot stop the hum of your mind. And so the question I want to wrestle through with you is, how do I get a quiet heart in an anxious time? Like, how do I settle the noise inside my soul a little bit? And we want to just give really practical tools to get to that point. So Saul so starts out, what's it mean to get quiet? How do you start to get your heart quiet? Yeah, well, I think a, a big way of getting quiet it doesn't always mean, you know, the physical quiet, like not actually listening to things through your ears, but actually limiting what you're taking in. And so one thing that I've personally done is I have a shutdown time because I my the first week that that was this was happening I mean, like everybody, I was reading it up until I fell asleep, which led to great dreams. Oh, yes. um, so I, I decided that once I put, once I start my bedtime for my kids, like I'm, I'm done reading about coronavirus. I actually think it is helpful to read about it. I'm careful about what sites I read from, but there does come a point, And for me, that's around eight o'clock where I decide that I'm probably not going to be able to fix it tonight. And so I'm going to focus on my kids right now and my wife and actually just getting some sleep. So mm-hmm. that's one practical thing that I've been doing personally also. And then, so that helps the sleep time and then waking up in the morning. Um, I've been trying to read my Bible before I get into the latest statistic on CNN. So those are a couple very practical things I've been doing. And I would highly encourage mm-hmm. basically everybody to do something similar. Yeah. I think starting your morning and ending your day, like resting in your identity in Christ, is maybe one of the most important things we'll mention this entire podcast. If you did nothing else other than change the way you started your day and ended your day, I think you'd do a lot to quiet your heart down. You've talked a lot about this inside the framework of having deep roots in Christ. And deep identity that's rooted in him. And you use an illustration, Saul, sometimes I hear you use this, of a sequoia redwood or even like bamboo shoots. I want you to talk about the horticultural metaphors that will help us through a crazy time. Right. Yeah, that's actually been, I think, again, one of the spying mercy. That's been one of the things that we found even in the last few weeks with all this going down is we've been talking about this idea of, okay, we want to have a far reach, which means we need to have deep roots, which means we have to have healthy habits in place right now that allow those roots to grow deep. And so one of those, yeah, those roots illustrations, um, I'm just going to read a little bit from it. It talks about Sequoia Redwood. It says that, you know, they're in California, not far from my home state. Some of the biggest trees in the world. There's one tree called the General Sherman, which sounds like a powerful name. It's in fact the largest tree and the, um, that we know of, and it's 275 feet tall, 25 feet in diameter. 
2,500 years old. And what's interesting about redwoods is that during their first year of life, they, they grow very little above ground. Almost all of the growth is focused on creating deep and diverse root systems. So wow. nobody's watching. We're all sleeping. But th- th- these roots are going deep, taking in water and nutrients slowly, quietly, just growing and getting stronger for the day when they do come above ground. And one other thing that's interesting about those trees is that they actually grow strongest when they're close to other trees because they intertwine their roots and they share nutrients together. And that's actually been an interesting... So now jumping out of the metaphor. That's going to be a challenge because, yes, we want to grow the deep roots. Yes, we want to have the daily habits of Bible study and prayer and rest. Like We want to do those things. But part of what makes those things effective, too, is being able to intertwine with others in community. And so we're trying to figure out what that is going to look like right now. How do we actually you know, stay well connected in the season where the most responsible thing to do is to basically disconnect from people physically as much as possible. How can we keep doing that while maintaining appropriate social and physical distance? And so that's one of the challenges that we're facing. But those, those habits of Bible study, of prayer, of taking time to rest, those have been some things that have been really important for me and really for all of our staff even before the last couple of weeks, you know, we've been talking a lot about yes, those things, yes. even from January. What do you, so let's unpack a couple habits. We talked about like a rhythm of how you start, how you end your day. Cause a habit, sometimes you have habits of like commitment where I'm p- pursuing something. You have habits of omission where I'm pulling something out where something is not good. I need to get that out. So I think of them as like planting habits and weeding habits, both planting and weeding are cultivation activities. But there's different things we have to cultivate there. So when we're talking about habits as developing deep roots, let's unpack a couple of the roots that we need to be developing right now, particularly. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit, you know, here at Cornerstone, we're following the F260 Bible reading plan. That's something that we've had a lot of momentum on in in terms of our staff team and our church. And so that's the kind of thing. It's a really simple reading plan. It's a chapter or two every day. And uh, with some of the guys that I'm in a discipleship group with, we we send out some of our reflections from the day. Like I'll I'll highlight a verse that stuck out to me. Uh, I'll just give an example. So yesterday was Deuteronomy 131 where it talks about God carrying the Israelites like a father carries yeah. his son. Yeah. And so that that image of a father carrying a son, I mean, I have a son and I carry him a lot. And so I that that really resonated with me. So I just sent out a prayer then to to the guys that I'm discipling about how God, you know, just carry us through this. Carry me, carry my burdens, carry my family, carry my future. So that the reading plan then accompanied with like prayer that's based off the the reading plan. That's something that's been helpful for me. That's one of those habits. So how do you do that in practice with prayer? So I get you read the scripture, you're sending a message on like, I don't know, I'm guessing it's FaceTime or Twitter. I don't know what kids use these days. I, I send mine with a series of just sticks that I clink together. Clink, 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 clink. Like yes. that. That's, that's yeah, the that's, sort of that's way actually I actually how we do it. Really, like teninkling. Did you ever do teninkling in PE? Oh, I, man. It's like you I took these, you took these like, like plastic poles and you smashed your fingers together, but you made noise with them. We did that in PE in Iowa. I imagine you guys just ran and threw balls and stuff. Okay, so off of that, back to your prayer life, Saul. So prayer life-wise, how do you connect scripture and prayer? 
Like just practically, what are you doing to do that? Yeah. Now, to be honest, I don't do that every day, but How what I find is you? that <laughs> what I find is that is a really helpful way to break out of the rut of things that I normally pray for. If I'm just praying point. spontaneously, I end up praying for me and my health and the health of my family and finances. I mean, it's just like that's my yeah. rut and there's nothing wrong with praying for those things. But when I say, okay, today I'm specifically, as I'm reading, I'm going to look for things that are going to trigger some prayer ideas. Um, you know, I think of in Psalm 34, it talks about taste and see that the Lord is good. Read that a few weeks ago. And so I was thinking, okay, um, how has the Lord been good to me today? You know, in this year, this month, my whole life. And so that led into a prayer of thankfulness, just seeing my taste and see that the Lord is good. I have tasted it. Here's all the ways the Lord has been good to me. And just say those kind of things back to God. So I find that coming to scripture with that mindset, yes, I'm, I'm reading it as my normal Bible intake, but then it, it kind of launches me into a helpful prayer pattern that breaks me out of my normal rut. Hmm, that's great. So I'm thinking of even habits of connecting that to daily life. One of the things I'm trying to do, because every time I look at a coronavirus map, it's just mind-numbing right now. One of the things that I've been doing is just trying, when I look at a country and see it, to say, God have mercy on this place. It's not the biggest thing in the world. I don't remember it every time, but it's really helpful to remind myself that I'm not just looking at devastation. I have a Father in heaven who's sovereign. Like I have to somehow couple those things together in my brain. Otherwise, the news is just a panic-inducing pandemonium right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to couple the bad with a powerful God who knows and sees. So that even that habit or practice of prayer has been helpful to me. Attach my scripture reading to prayer and attach my news reading to prayer. Both can take me to my Father. Yeah. Both can get me on my knees. When, when you think beyond prayer. Let's talk a little bit about rest and Sabbath and quiet and how that helps with anxiety. Um, I know you're a dad with young kids. And so I want to approach it from this perspective of like, how do you get moments of even just stillness in the middle of the chaos of home? Yeah. You know, there's been, my phone has been actually acting up the last few days. It's been like glitching and not letting calls go through and not letting me access data outside of Wi-Fi, which has been a little secret blessing (laughs) just to, so I've been, I've felt very appropriately detached from my phone because I think for so many of us right now, our phone, even before this happened, but but our phone has been the thing that makes it hard to slow down. And so I think there's, I've heard of great ideas. I know some of the guys on our staff team, they take phone Sabbaths like a whole day. Some of them actually put their phone to bed, like they would put a baby to bed. Um, I, I, yeah. yeah, so that's one thing. That is and then I think finish. some people, some people, uh, yeah, they don't literally tuck them in. But the yeah, idea, but like, do they rock <laughs> the, the baby? <laughs> <laughs> it wakes up in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's realistic. Um, and then I, I know some people, what I've tried to do is just when I walk in, plug my phone in and leave it there unless I need it. I mean, it's not like I have a, you know where I can't go see it at all. But then at least it makes me be more intentional about, okay, I actually do need to call somebody right now so I can go find it. So I think the phone, having intentional distance or time away from your phone is something that's really helpful in the time of, yeah, wanting to try to be silent, try to slow down, try to be quiet. I saw you did something with your phone as well with the color on it. Talk about that because I've never seen a person, I looked at, at first I thought your screen was broken. Yeah. But it was just black and white. Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, about a year ago, a friend of mine, I, w- I had the same thing. I looked at his phone. I'm like, is your phone broke? Why is it just black and white? And he basically showed me how you can change it. So if you trickle, triple click the home button, it just goes to black and white, which makes it w- way less interesting to do basically anything. And so that's a simple way to, to leave it on black and white. I don't have it on black and white right now. I'm kind of in you know a different mode in this moment. But um, that's something that o- over the course of the last year, I've gone in and out of seasons of doing that, and that's been helpful to make my phone a little less appealing to me. Do you do anything um, habitually? I think we might actually devote a full podcast to this at some point, to just the practice of Sabbath and rest. Um, If anything is happening right now in our world, it's that we're getting the space that we didn't have before to take a break. And so I'm always teaching on trying to rest and trying to Sabbath, and like me, everybody else is like, that would be great, Mark, but I don't know if you've seen my actual calendar. And now I'm seeing people's calendars. I'm like, well, hey, looks like you're not going anywhere on Saturday. So how do you practice that personally? Even with young kids, is it like a burst? Is it an hour? Is it like, what's that look like in your house? Yeah, I think having, so I got five kids, four of them are under six. And it's it's like a built-in it's not necessarily a rest in terms of taking a nap. That's very rare in my house. But it, what it does do is take me away from my phone, from my normal work responsibilities or emails. And so mm-hmm. it's, not that it's, I'm, it's not that I'm doing nothing, but I'm doing something very different than writing, you know, writing a sermon versus then I go home and I'm acting like a wolf and throwing my kids in the basement, you know, which, yeah, anyway, totally <laughs> it sounds, a wolf sounds thing appropriate. To do, <laughs> They love that game, throw them into the closet. So I think for me, I have like some kids that are built in. I think, I think everybody has some built in reminders that if you, if you use it appropriately, it means maybe it's just your Saturday or maybe there's something, you know, an event you have on Friday nights. I mean, there's usually something that we have that we can use as a trigger to remember, okay, that's a good time for me to just stop. And so for me, when my kids are, crawling all over me. That's a really great time to not be around my phone. And I just mm-hmm. don't have the headspace to even think about work mm-hmm. stuff at that moment. So I have some built in Sabbathing techniques, which are called my kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to recap where we've gone and kind of get us ready to land the plane. So working to develop a quiet heart in anxious times means we have to think through the sort of roots we're digging in. We want to be like a sequoia redwood, deep roots entrenched in Christ. Deep roots are actually what it's going to be necessary to have a long reach. And if you're going to have roots, you have to have habits to develop that. And so we talked about some practices of your morning and your evening, of time in the Word and of prayer, of goals with limiting technology, all of which is designed to just slow down the churn inside and help us to focus more on Christ. I want to come back again to a quote we said before on the podcast from Andy Crouch, love in the time of the coronavirus. The great responsibility we have as Christians, as leaders right now, is as far as it depends on us to be well-rested, soaked in prayer and contemplation, free from personal fear and anxiety. We must start and end each day as children of the Heavenly Father, friends of Jesus, grateful recipients of the Spirit. I think that's a great gift we're supposed to give our families in the world right now. Saul, any just final thoughts on what it means to settle the yeah. soul in an anxious time? Yeah, I think maybe even big picture, you know, 
back to Salt Company. You know, we, yeah. we want to be a church that is focused on the next generation. And I think the greatest gift that we can give to the next generation is to be faithful in ours. And right now we have a challenge and an opportunity to be faithful. And I think so much of what it looks like to be faithful and then fruitful in this generation is to learn how to slow down. It's worth reorganizing and reordering your life in order to have space where you can stop, think, pray, listen to God through his word. And so if you want to, basically the greatest gift you can give uh, to the next generation is be faithful in yours. It's worth thinking hard about what that looks like right now in this season.